From the Mazinkowski Alberta Heart Institute, this is 630 Ched Heart Pledge Day. Proudly presented by Durabilt Windows and Doors. Call now, 780-407-2200 or visit 630Ched.com. Ryan Jesperson here live from the Mazinkowski Alberta Heart Institute. We've got all hands on deck here. We're stationed right next to the reception desk as you walk in. And, and, and just a moment ago, a, a poodle walking by on a harness wearing a vest, one of those therapy dogs. And, and we're getting an idea. There are doctors walking by and, and nurses and, of course, patients and, and patients' families. And you get a sense of of the comprehensive care that people are receiving here. HeartPledgeDay.ca is the website. If you'd like to learn more about exactly where your donor dollars will go, if you'd like to call and make a commitment right now, the number is 780-407-2200. Of course, it takes a doctor to provide a diagnosis. Specialists typically involved in that. Sometimes surgeons will enter the mix. And then there's the important role that physical therapists play. One has just sat down here at the table a moment ago to join me, Natalie Schreiber. It's very nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Your smile lights up the entire reception area. I try. I imagine (laughs) you're probably pretty proud to talk about the work that you do here. What does a physical therapist at the Mazinkowski Alberta Heart Institute do? We get our post-op surgical patients as well as um, our cardiology patients up and moving, walking around after their surgeries. I actually specifically work with the ventricular assist device program. So these guys have basically the equivalent of an artificial heart. This is what we call the VAD or the VAD. So I was just talking to Daniel Stilwell last hour. His mom, Susan Stilwell, had a VAD for a while. So I find sometimes when when you put a face to a story or a name to a story, it, it makes it that much more meaningful. Did you happen to know Susan Stillwell? Oh, she was a wonderful, wonderful woman. Just absolutely loved working with her. Wow. So these are these are the external devices we're talking about that people have, correct? They it's, go through. It's an internal pump. Okay. And then they have actually a power cord that comes out, hooks up to a controller, and then they have external batteries too. So the controller and the batteries are external. The pump is internal. So it must take, I mean, to state the obvious, some getting used to to live with something like this. In your role as as a physical therapist, where would you start? So I actually see them preoperatively, unless it's an emergency situation. Um, So I see them, I assess them, see how they're coping with life prior to the VAD. So usually before the surgery, they're very, very weak, they're deconditioned, their muscles have wasted, they're short of breath, they can't walk more than 50 to 100 meters. So their quality of life is pretty low. So I see them beforehand. Once they get the VAD, then we start at the very beginning again. So they're recovering from the surgery. Then I get them up, sitting in a chair, taking their first steps, and then gradually progressing them to walking, um, doing exercises. I had a patient that loved to play basketball, so we would play basketball down the hallways. Are you talking about David? No. Okay. No, a different. Do you know who I'm talking about with David? Adomaka Sanza, who has no. since left us. He's since passed, but he was a young guy. Oh, okay. And nope. uh, he had one of these external pumps, and, and I know his story continues to resonate. You must connect with so many different patients. I mean, can, can I ask how you emotionally manage your job? <laughs> There's some really hard times, especially when we lose our patients. That's really hard because I get a huge connection to them. Um, 
But more than anything, I just get so excited for them. I get to see them as they go through this journey from the worst period in their life to where they're at home and traveling the world like Susan did to back to their sports, their golfing, their gardening, just living their life again. So I just take joy in that. And I take joy knowing that I bought them a few, either whether it's weeks or days or months or even years of quality life. I take joy in that. So this so. this ventricular assist device that you talk about, it's designed, I suppose, obviously, to take pressure off the heart. Right. Uh, to, and and is, this, is this designed as a temporary measure for someone that would either be leading up to a heart transplant or a, a major heart surgery? For some, yep. It's a, we call it, it can be a bridge to candidacy or a bridge to transplant. So they'll have the device until they're a candidate for the transplant, and then they go on to transplant. Or for some, we call it destination therapy. Therapy, and that's they just have the VAD until right they pass away. Okay. Now you talk about people that are having shortness of breath. I mean, it, it's essentially their their medical reality, uh, their physical reality has robbed them of a certain quality of life. I mean, many of us can't imagine walking 50 meters at a time and that exercise taking you to the mm-hmm. point of exhaustion. What sort of an impact does this VAD have? What is this device uh, able to do for people? For a lot of people, it's a new lease on life. It allows them to walk around. I mean, for Susan, her goal initially, when I chatted with her preoperatively, was to be able to walk around the pond to the... Um, Tim Hortons, grab a cup of coffee. That's what her and hus- her husband used to do beforehand, and they weren't able to do that anymore. So that was her goal. Ultimately, she ended up being able to walk around Europe. Wow, which is incredible. I mean, you could you could say, oh, somebody's goal was to was to compete in the Ironman triathlon, or somebody's goal was to was to be able to walk along the Great Wall of China. But for some people, they're trying to get back to the point where they can go for coffee again. Exactly. Yeah. So it gives them that chance. Um, for other patients, their goal is to be able to spend time with their grandchildren and play with them again. And that's what they get to do. So, I mean, we really we give them their life back. Are you working with patients of, of, of all different backgrounds, all different ages, all different Absolutely. lifestyles? So our youngest VAD patient is 18, and our oldest is 75. So it's a whole range. Most of them are between kind of the 40 to 65-year-old range. Um, so, I mean, they're in their prime of their life. Yeah. So it allows them to either go back to work, enjoy their marriages, have their, enjoy their grandkids, travel, go back to their sports. I have a patient that's absolutely passionate about cycling, and my goal is to get them back on a bike again. So you must be customizing programs per patient. Highly individualized. If you're you're working with somebody that wants to get back into cycling, this is a person that's looking to take themselves back to an elite level of performance. Absolutely, yeah. Do you sometimes have to separate people's brains from their hearts? Do you have to separate their ambition from their reality sometimes and Uh, say, let's take baby steps? Or do you try to tap into that ambition? I definitely tap into the ambition because I'm the same way. I'm that go hard or go home, you know, like I've got that elite athlete mentality myself. So I tap into it, but I also do have to rein them back in and say, well, let's do baby steps and you're going to have the good and the bad days. And yep, even though you only walked five meters today, we're going to try for six tomorrow. And 
let them see the progression slowly and cheer them on that way. And like, absolutely, yeah, we're going to get you as far as possible. And maybe you're not going to compete in the Ironman triathlon, but we're definitely going to get you back on a bike ride so you can enjoy our river valley. You know, so baby steps, moderate it a little bit, but still dream big. Our guest is Natalie Schreiber, who's a physical therapist, uh, specifically in the ventricular assist device program here at the Mazinkowski Albert Heart Institute. This is 630 Ched Heart Pledge Day. We invite you to visit heartpledgeday.ca if you'd like to call to add to the long list of donors. And we thank each and every one of you this morning. The number is 780-407-2200. If you're calling from outside the Edmonton area, one 866 407-2211, the hashtag IHeartMyMaz. Natalie, obviously I would imagine a big part of your job involves collaboration and conversation with the other professionals, the doctors, the nurses, the researchers, the specialists here at the Mazankowski and, and maybe even outside the walls of the Maz. How important are these relationships? It's key. It's a team effort. I can't do it alone. I mean, our patients don't have a straightforward course at all. So if I'm not talking continuously with the doctors, with the nurses, helping to get them trained to use the device, managing their medical conditions, because if they aren't medically optimized, they're not going to perform in physio the right way. Sometimes they have other complications, like they have a stroke, so then we need to get the Glenrose involved to help us with their stroke rehab, because they're the specialists with that, so you just have to collaborate with the whole team. Plus, we have our awesome cardiac rehab program here, and once they're done with the inpatient program, that's where they go. So I need to be in contact with them so that they know where the patients are at, what their goals are when they're leaving the MADS from the inpatient program so that they can keep achieving their dreams once they go to cardiac rehab. It sounds like there's never a dull moment in your no. reality here. You also work in the CVICU, which is the, the cardiovascular intensive care unit here at the Mazankowski. Uh, that's the type of, uh, of facility that sounds imposing, doesn't it? It sounds like a very serious place because it is. Absolutely. Uh, what role do you play there? So I work... Our VADs will go through there as well, but also all our open-heart surgery patients. So there I work with our people that have stayed longer in the ICU, so they are had more complications post-operatively, they were sicker going in. So I start with the early mobilization with them. So strictly bed exercises and then getting them up to the chair, starting them to take their first few steps in that early, early, early post-op situation, helping to wean them from ventilators, get them up and moving. Some of our VADs also have a short-term device where the pump and the cannulas, so they have basically tubes that go into their heart that comes out to a pump. I get them up and walking. You can't just be an average, ordinary physical therapist. You've got to be keeping your eye, I would imagine, on, on tiny little things that could indicate a bigger problem or a bigger complication. Absolutely. Um, but I also work with the nurses. The nurses are they're my right-hand man on that. Um, they help watch all the lines and the monitors and as well as watch kind of the key vital signs as we're up and moving. So I'm watching the patient. I mean, the eyes are the key to their kind of staff.
status, health status. You watch that closely, and it's a teamwork as you go along and get them up and moving. Watching a little guy get, get pushed past us right now. Can't be older than five years old. Looks like it might be his mom pushing him in his wheelchair as they walk past the Rosano Transport Heart Wall here at the Mazankowski Alberta Heart Institute. Natalie, you talk about the role that you play in, in helping people recover from open heart surgery. I know sometimes mornings like this, we, we throw numbers around and the numbers can start to swirl, but I think these are meaningful ones. Uh, in 2013-14, 1,364 open heart surgeries here. Uh, in 2014-15, the next year, 1,551. And through the first three quarters of this year, 1,131 open heart surgeries on pace to surpass last year's number as well. This certainly reiterates the important role that this facility plays. That's a lot of surgeries. It is. It's very busy. Very busy. Natalie Schreiber, thank you for the good work that you do. We've thank never you. worked together before, and, and I'll count, I'll thank my lucky stars, and I'll count my blessings, but it's a pretty huge relief and a big blessing to know that if I or somebody I know or somebody I don't even know yet needs you and the team, you're going to be here for them. Absolutely. That's Natalie Schreiber. We've got Schreiber, your back. A physical therapist. They've got your back. They got your heart covered, too. It's 630 Chad Heart Pledge Day, heartpledgeday.ca, 780-407-2200. Won't you consider stepping up and helping us and making a commitment today? We'll be right back to have a conversation with Michelle Hull, the Executive Director of Cardiac Sciences here. I've got some questions about operations at the Mazankowski. That's where we'll go with Michelle next. Live from the Mazankowski Alberta Heart Institute, you're listening to 630 Ched Heart Pledge Day, proudly presented by Durabilt Windows and Doors. To donate, please call 780-407-2200 or visit 630ched.com. Ryan Jesperson here live from the Mazankowski Alberta Heart Institute. It is Heart Pledge Day, as you just heard. Heartpledgeday.ca is where you can visit to make uh, either an Formed donation decision or just learn more about where these donation dollars are going. Uh, Tom D and Ken B, thank you for your donations of $100. Blake threw in a couple of hundred bucks this morning. Thank you. Dr. David J, $100. Lucille has committed to monthly donations of $20. Thank you for that, Lucille. $100 from Dorothy and, and Walter and John and Betty and Rosemary and Doris and Teresa. I mean, I'm just reading off a long list here. Jenny R. 125 bucks. Bert and Helen, $100 each. Cheryl, 200 Thank you. Thank you. And I don't even know this guy. But we've just had a walk-up donor. Somebody who just had an appointment. And as they left their appointment, they walked up to the call bank here. They walked up to those taking phones and made a walk-up donation. And it is my absolute pleasure if you know Marvin Brown out of St. Albert, to let you know that Marvin Brown just donated $200 because he just received his clean bill of health. What a day this is. Wednesday, February 24th, Marvin Brown just received his clean bill of health. Says he uh, made a note right here on the Heart Pledge Day donor form, would not be alive without the Maz. Does it get any more significant than that? I told you earlier, Kendall Barber said, my dad wouldn't be with us without the Maz. Marvin Brown says, I wouldn't be alive 
without the Maz. I think that's why people are stepping up in such a big way. It's why we're so proud to be here representing Chorus Radio and 630 Ched. Every single year that we've been here, you have been here with us, and it's allowed us to contribute to the incredible care that they provide here. It's not just heart transplants either. You know, there are other ways that doctors at the Mazinkowski Alberta Heart Institute are, are providing life-saving care. Oftentimes, patients also require lung transplants. But you know what? Right now, one in three patients on the lung transplant wait list pass away while they're waiting for those new lungs. And there are doctors here at the Maz that are developing a procedure to make more organs available for transplantation. One of those doctors is Darren Freed. He's gone on record to say that they're effectively increasing the number of lungs that are suitable for transplantation so that more lives can be saved. Of course, this is good news not just for those on the list, but for those that are waiting as well. Michelle Hools just joined me at the table, the executive director of Cardiac Sciences for the Edmonton Zone. It's so good to see you. Nice to see you also. Thank you for coming. I understand that, that you have had to shuffle some things around just to give us even a few minutes of your time here. You, do you have the busiest day of anybody at the Maz? That's what, <laughs> that's what the rumor is. What do you do around here? Well, uh, my official title, title is the executive director, so I'm operationally responsible for everything at the Mazankowski. But am I the busiest? person? Probably not. There's teams of people here uh, in all of these areas that are out supporting patient care every day. Michelle, we've been looking through some of the numbers and I was passing these along to our listeners. Uh, last year through the full calendar year, more than 1,500 open heart surgeries and it looks like you're on pace to surpass that this year as well. I mean, this facility has got to be one of the most significant pockets of, of property here in the entire city of Edmonton, if not the province. Do you think people realize the importance of the Mazankowski before they or their families have used it? You know, very nicely put, I was going to say, I think oftentimes until people actually have to access services here, they don't get the true impact and the true reach of the building. So when you look at us geographically, not only is this serving the city of Edmonton, but northern Alberta and central Alberta, even touching into pieces of Calgary and some of our more specialized programs, transplant being one of them. We are the transplant center for Alberta, um, meaning anyone in Alberta who requires transplant comes to this facility. Um, so big, broad reach um, is the long and short of it. And I, I think you know, we want the community to realize this is their building. This is their, their a piece of their community, um, and we want them to be engaged and help us to keep to continue to push the envelope on innovation, research, patient care. I'm a, I'm a pretty visual person. Mm -hmm. I've always been a visual learner, and mm -hmm. there are two things happening in front of me, behind you, uh, yeah. that, that through this morning have been making a huge impact. Number one, patients and families of patients are walking past us nonstop. Mm -hmm. This is a high traffic zone, which is really is. reiterating the importance of this place. And then there's that Rosno Transport heart wall with all these red paper hearts that are pasted up onto the glass, all of these people that are donating. To me, visually, that's reiterating what you just said, that, that this 
is uh, property of Edmonton. This is property of Alberta. This facility is ours. And I think people are, are reciprocating that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we want that feeling to be felt. Um, and we want people when they come here to feel like this is part of their home. Um, you know, maybe not always in the best circumstances, but we want people to come here and feel welcomed, to know that they are getting care second to none or their loved one is getting care second to none. Um, and that, you know, great things do happen here. Do you think I might be able to steal five more minutes of your time so we can talk about some of the important things that you have coming up here at the Mazinkowski? Absolutely. More with Michelle, who the executive director of the whole show here, coming up right after these news headlines. From the Mazinkowski Alberta Heart Institute, this is 630 Chad Heart Pledge Day. Proudly presented by Durabilt Windows and Doors. Call now. 780-407-2200 or visit 630ched.com Thank you to Kathy and Paige and Kabir and Rosemary and Dawn new names going up on the heart wall here at the Mazinkowski just behind Michelle Hool, who's the executive director of cardiac sciences here uh, we were talking through the break there you you've had quite a journey you started here back in 2002 14 almost 15 years ago mm-hmm. as a nurse I did um, I was a brand new grad out of the University of Alberta uh, started on the cardiac surgery ward um, and from day one cardiac captured my heart Um, and I have been here ever since in different roles learning um, different areas of patient care and made the jump here to the executive director role about three years ago um, thinking that you know I'd love to lead a team um, that's committed um, always pushing the edge in relation to patient care um, and trying to make a difference I'd like to be part of that so here I am today people talk about whether it's a a hospital or a heart institute or or, or whether it's any sort of business somebody that's worked their way through different facets of that business all the way up to an executive director Mm -hmm. or CEO role whatever the context may be oftentimes has a more enriched understanding of some of the needs and probably a bit more of a focus when it comes to steering a place like this. Mm-hmm. Is that the case with you? Absolutely. You know, um, the, the fact that I've been here for 15 years and I have spent time both in the acute care areas, looking at our navigation office, so how patients are booked for procedures, how they flow through the building, um, doing some project work, and then I, w- I really helped facilitate some of the strategic direction for the MAS about five years ago. So all of that, in my opinion makes me very well-rounded. I have a very true appreciation for um, the individuals or the teams that work here and just the importance of that. Um, We wouldn't be who we are today without all of the people in this building. Oh man, it's amazing to look around here. I know I keep saying this, but it's having a real impact on me. And these are are your shareholders. These are your stakeholders. These are the families that are using the Mazinkowski that are walking around behind us here as as we set up shop here broadcasting from the front reception area. Why is minimally invasive approaches to care so important to you? I guess the answer might be uh, apparent in the sense that recovery times improve and complications lessen. Am I in the right direction there? You absolutely are. So this is an area that has really taken off in the last uh, five to ten years. Um, And what it is is taking some of the same care that we've provided but providing it in a minimally invasive approach. So what this means is there's cash
catheter-based um, procedure, so TAVI, which is an aortic valve replacement, we are now able to insert a catheter in your groin and slide a valve up and replace that valve. As opposed to opening somebody's chest Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Wow. Um, so the, the historical and still gold standard for certain patients is open heart surgery. Uh, but when you look at the comparison between having a catheter-based approach and open heart surgery, there's reduced length of stay in the hospital, which is a good thing uh, for patients to get back into their home, back into their routines. There are reduced complications related to blood products, related to infection, um, and then pain. Think about it, having your sternum uh, completely um, cut uh, or having a catheter advanced in your groin. Uh, one is going to be significantly more comfortable than the other. Um, and I think we're really just starting to, to touch on the cusp of this field. So, Well, you know what I'm thinking as well of what journalists and politicians always talk about. When we talk about healthcare, we're often talking about wait times. Mm -hmm. And I suppose the sooner you can get a patient back at home in recovery, you're opening up a bed for somebody else that may desperately need it. Absolutely. So they're getting the right care for them as the individual patient, which is a great news story. And then it keeps flow through our building, which, I mean, when you look at this, um, well, you can see by all the people here that one in four of us are going to have cardiac disease. Um, there's a constant demand for this facility. So we want to ensure that we are keeping people moving through. Michelle, I'm looking forward to catching up with Karen Hamilton, who will be a familiar name to 630 Chad listeners. She was on the air last year during Heart Pledge Day as well. She's going to bring us up to speed on her progress following a, a double, double lung transplant, uh, obviously a very serious procedure. But before we say hello to Karen, mm -hmm. what would you say to somebody that's considering calling 780-407-2200 right now to make a donation? What would be your message to them? Um, I think my message to them would be um, by providing a donation today, you are supporting the community. Um, you're not just supporting uh, a hospital, you are supporting a community. Um, you're supporting everything that is related to cardiac care, whether it's emergency care, um, someone needing a transplant, or through to ambulatory services. I would say that there is a good chance everyone in the community is either themselves been impacted by cardiac disease or knows or will know someone very close that will be impacted by cardiac disease. So help us stay leading edge, help us stay innovative, um, and help us be the best that we can be. Michelle Hull, the Executive Director of Cardiac Sciences here at the Masinkowski. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. I know so that much. you moved a few things around in your schedule to talk to us, and we sincerely appreciate it. I'm glad I could be here. The number again, 780-407-2200, toll-free. It's 1-866-407-2211. The website, heartpledgeday.ca. The hashtag we're using today, iHeartMyMaz. Hey, Marge, thank you for that $100 donation. Hey, Carol, thank you for the $500. Hillary, $500, thank you. 630 Chad listeners stepping up. This is absolutely incredible. Thank you for being a part of this important morning. When we come back, we'll talk to Karen Hamilton, see how she's doing following that double lung transplant. Live from the Mazinkowski Alberta Heart Institute, you're listening to 630 Ched Heart Pledge Day. Proudly presented by Durabilt Windows and Doors. To donate, please call 780-407-2200 or visit 630ched.com.
Thank you for tuning in this morning to a very special broadcast, the 630 Chad Heart Pledge Day. Karen Hamilton, how are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm doing very well, thanks. This is this is my first Heart Pledge Day, but it's not yours. It's I know not, that no. you were on the air here at 630 Chad last year. You you've had uh, your health journey is a long one. You born with cystic fibrosis, and as everybody knows. It has a great impact on your lungs, That's a right. significant impact on your lungs. And, and so you underwent a double lung transplant just a couple of years ago. That's right. Yeah, I had to uh, have a double lung transplant here at the Maz just over two years ago. And I'm doing quite well now, thanks to the life-saving uh, work done here. Just incredible. Yeah. And most people, myself included, can't wrap their minds around something as serious as a double lung transplant. What was your road like leading up to that surgery back uh, right around Christmas of 2013? Um, it was it was kind of a long road with cystic fibrosis. It's it's a very slow progressing disease. So over the years, uh, you start to notice you can't you know do certain things. So in junior high, I couldn't run anymore. Uh, then you know slowly you just stop taking trips. You you just have to slowly limit yourself, and it's quite a slow progression of the disease. Uh, I would say about five years ago, I really noticed and I started to know that I would need a transplant sooner than later. Because up until then, I would always say you know that's five ten years away. But then all of a sudden, it really really caught up to me. I knew my whole life I would need a transplant, so I was always, um, you know, an advocate for organ donation. And at a young age, I knew that that was told to me that that would be my future. So, um, you know, the, the years before, I was on oxygen 24-7. I couldn't walk upstairs. Um, even today, I had to think, you know, I parked at the farthest spot away, and that was fine. I just walked in. But before, I would make my husband drive around and drive around and drive around until the closest spot, and he would help me walk in with oxygen. And... Yeah, it's it's just uh, amazing to see the difference now. It's it's incredible, and you know, some of us that have that have had, I, I suppose, the luxury or the good fortune to not have to to deal with something like that, can't really imagine how a health challenge manifests itself into into every single application going through your day. That's right. Now you've got two little ones at I home. I do, yeah. Twin girls. Yes. Three yeah. years old. Yes. They must keep you on your feet. They do. Yeah, they're busy, busy girls, but they're a lot of fun. So yeah. I'm trying to do the subtraction. I'm trying to do the math right around the time that you went in for a double lung transplant yeah. they must have been infants they were a year and a half old yeah yeah wow so my uh it's kind of a long story, but I wasn't able to carry our kids because of my cystic fibrosis. So we had a surrogate carry. They're genetically ours. And at the exact same time they were born, my health declined rapidly. So I was put on the list quite shortly after, or, you know, I started the, pr the process to become on the list right after they were born. And then, yeah, at a year and a half, I had my transplant. Do your girls understand what mom's been through? Yeah, not really. They they know mommy had new lungs, and they see my scar, and they say that's mommy's big owie. But I don't think that they they grasp the the soul full, full severity of it which I'm you know they'll, they'll learn slowly yeah it's as, a big thing to take in as a mom I, w I would imagine mm -hmm. the significance is not lost on you no no I I had to realize that the fact I might not see them was reality but I'm so thankful every day now that I I get to just do simple things like you know take them for a walk or go to the park with them bring them to school to play school just uh, wake up every morning with them. It's it's a real big blessing for sure. We're yeah. spending a lot of time talking about hearts today, yeah. and it makes sense. The Mazinkowski Alberta Heart Institute. So people might not be thinking about lung care, lung transplants. Right. Can you? Uh, and and this is good because it'll be in layman's terms. Neither of us are doctors, unless there's something I don't know about no, you. No, I'm not a doctor. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about this X 
Vivo device. I understand that the Maz is, is the home to the only portable X Vivo device in Canada. They call them lungs in a box. That's right, yeah. So um, I was actually on the waiting list and I was told it might be, you know, two years or longer or I might never, and meaning I would die waiting for my lungs. H- however, I got a call within three months to the day that I was listed and that's because the doctors here at the Maz, Dr. Uh, Jayan uh, Najendran and Dr. Darren Freed, they took my lungs, the, my donor lungs, put them in the box, and they were able to um, take lungs that they normally would have not been able to transplant. They gave them drugs, they watched them for four hours, and they turned them from lungs that they would have discarded to the best lungs they've seen. Wow. Yes. So then that whole time I was waiting, and I didn't know if my surgery would go ahead. And then they came in my room and said, 10 minutes to surgery, let's go. And we were all a go. And I didn't know a lot of the details, which is good. I mean, I had a left to deal with at the time. But um, they knew what they were doing, and they still do. And they do all that in the MAS here. I had my surgery in the MAS, and then I recovered in the ICU, the CVICU here. Phenomenal care, world-class care. And... Uh, I, I, like it was, it's a very hard, long road, but I always felt that everybody here knew what they were doing and there was no ifs, ands, or buts. I just had to, I had to do my part and, and fight, but they did the rest for me. And, and how incredible to be able to say what you just did that, hey, listen, I might not know about all the details. I don't necessarily have to know about them for, for my own sort of emotional stability at a, at a time of need or mm-hmm. at a time of receiving care, but I know that I'm in good hands. Yes, I knew. I met uh, Dr. Najendra and just one of my uh, uh, appointments prior to the surgery. And I already felt, you know, these guys know what they're doing. I don't have to, to second guess that. My whole transplant team that works here, they know what they're doing. So I'll just let them do their job and I'll do mine and just take the lungs and <laughs> go with it. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. This place yeah. transformed your life. It did. It saved my life. I would not have been living if it has been not for this place. That's for sure. Karen yeah. Hamilton, thanks for hanging out with yeah, us. Yeah, for sure. Thank you did, so much for having me. Did you drive all the way in from Tabor yeah, today? Yeah, I flew in this morning, actually. Yeah. Oh, you flew in. Yeah. Well, it's a real thrill yeah, to have you here. It's an sure. honor to have you here. And thanks Thank for you. joining us again on 630 Ched. Thank you. Karen Hamilton, another success story here at the Mazinkowski. As we broadcast part of 630 Ched Heart Pledge Day, you can visit heartpledgeday.ca or you can call right now, 780 2200. Good morning, Tabor. The number for you to call, 1-866-407-2211. When we come back, we will meet Kara Penny, a program manager at the Northern Alberta Cardiac Rehabilitation, getting people back on their feet and beyond. From the Mazinkowski Alberta Heart Institute, this is 630 Chad Heart Pledge Day, proudly presented by Durabilt Windows and Doors. Call now. 780-407-2200 or visit 630ched.com. Ryan Jesperson here live from the Maz. This is a an incredible morning. It's it's a morning where uh, if your experience is anything like mine, you're learning a lot. Powerful story after powerful story from different pockets here. We're talking to therapists, doctors, executives, patients, my guest right now, Kara Penny, just sitting down to the table. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm meeting you for the first time here live on the air. So, That's right. So I don't even know what you do here as program manager for Northern Alberta Cardiac Rehabilitation. What keeps you busiest during the day? Oh, lots of things. But basically getting our patients back to a healthy lifestyle after their cardiac event. And That's what is, our focus is. Obviously, uh, there's not one formula for that. No, no. It's very patient-specific. So each patient has a different journey and our goal is just to accommodate that and support them. 
people people have, have come up to me uh, in anticipation of you arriving here to talk, and they're saying you have to ask her about the Maz <laughs> Spinathon. She'll tell you all about the Spinathon. What's the Spinathon? Everyone's buzzing. Well, about. it's fantastic. That's what it is. Um, it's basically staff-driven uh, fundraiser for the Heart Institute. So we connected with a gal from the Pulse Generator, and she actually arranged to have 12 spin bikes, 12 hours, um, and it's staff fundraising for their own hospital. You're kidding. Mm-hmm. So the, how, how many people are involved? Do you know off the top of your head? 110 staff members this year. Really? Yeah. Is that almost all of them? That sounds like it's a, it's a big chunk. A big chunk of them. Yeah. So they took time out of their workday, jumped on a bike for the cause, and got us some good funds. I guess I'm not surprised to hear that people that work here uh, find ways to give back here as well, because this doesn't strike me as a nine to five place where you just leave it all behind no. at the end of the workday. No, I think. The workers here are experts in cardiac care, and they're so dedicated to their craft. They're the fabric of the hospital, and this was a good opportunity for them to take part in health promotion, heart health, and give back. I've often thought that, it would, and, and, and I, as a kid, I had the, the luxury sometimes that my dad was a physician, and I was able to accompany him on his rounds mm-hmm. and, and understand how much it meant to him to go into the hospital and see his patients and participate in their care. Right. Do, do you have a, a, that same sort of a connection to, to the patients that you're working with? Absolutely. Each one leaves a different footprint, I think, on your heart. Um, it's, uh, it's more of a way of being as opposed to a career. To say the very least. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you work out of the Jim Pattison Center for Heart That's Health, right. correct? What does that specifically provide for cardiac patients? So this is really the last step in their hospital journey, but their first step into their new lease on life. So we see patients post-cardiac event. So if that's a heart attack, surgery, um, procedure in the cath lab, they come with us, they exercise. Uh, receive some stress management help, some nutritional support, pharmacy support, and uh, some education. And just really take control of of their new lease on life. Okay, so somebody's listening right now, mm-hmm. and, and they have their credit card in their hand, mm-hmm. and they're trying to decide, because it's been a tough year, and we know it's been a tough year, and, and, and this person that's listening right now might actually not even be working right now, but they're considering making a donation. Mm-hmm. But they want to know that their donation is going to make an impact. How has donor dollars, how have donor dollars in past impacted what you do? Oh, donor dollars impact what I do every single day. Um, The Jim Pattison Center for Heart Health was originally funded by a donation. Um, Everything we do from utilization of equipment, uh, education resources, right down to research is impacted by donor dollars. And it doesn't have to be anything large. Small contributions make a world of difference. And we were saying if everybody that was listening today donated $10 or mm-hmm. if everybody donated $20 or whatever they could do mm-hmm. it would have a massive impact. 
Well, just if you think about the Spinathon, for instance, we've done it two years running now. We've had 200 staff participants over the two years, and we've raised over $30,000. Wow. Just from staff. This year, we've raised $17,000. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. All of it going to further the good work done here uh, by staff, including Kara Penny. Thanks for taking the time to Thank talk to us. Thank you for having me. The website will direct you to heartpledgeday.ca. You can call right now, 780-407-2200. The news is coming up next, and then we'll be back here from the Maz live with more.